Religious Prevaricators, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown, September 12, 1971. The text is 1 John 1, verse 5, through chapter 2, verse 11. Hear the word of God as we find it in the first letter which John wrote to the Christian church. We'll be reading parts of that which appears between the first chapter, the fifth verse, and the second chapter, the eleventh verse. Now this is the message that we have heard from his Son, Jesus Christ, and announced to you, God is light and there is no darkness at all in him. If then we say that we have fellowship with him, yet at the same time live in the darkness, we are lying, both in our words and in our actions. But if we live in the light, just as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus his Son, makes us clean from every sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and there's no truth in us. But if we confess our sins to God, we can trust him. For he does what is right. He will forgive us our sins and make us clean from all our wrongdoing. If we say that we have not sinned, we make a liar out of God, and his word is not in us. If we obey God's commands, then we are sure that we know him. If someone says, I do know him, but does not obey his commands, such a person is a liar, and there's no truth in him. But he who obeys his word is the one whose love for God has really been made perfect. This is how we can be sure that we live in God. He who says that he lives in God should live just as Jesus Christ lived. He who says that he is in the light, yet hates his brother, is in the darkness to this very hour. He who loves his brother stays in the light, and so he has nothing in himself that will cause someone else to sin. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness. He walks in it, and he does not know where he is going because the darkness has made him blind. Those are very, very strong words. And nobody, and I mean nobody, likes to be called a liar. And it's especially risky business to call someone a liar in making reference to his religious beliefs. Yet the Apostle John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved and whom loved Jesus, this great man of God, in this first letter, four times, makes reference to specific groups of professing Christians as being liars. 
I would much call, rather call them prevaricators. It sounds more Presbyterian. But John called them liars. He says, first of all, there are those people in his day, and I'm afraid to say they're still with us, who are religious prevaricators, liars, call them what you want, because even though they confess to be in fellowship with God, they're not walking in God's light. And such people he calls religious liars. In other words, he says people who claim to have received some revelation from God, who claim that they have inside information from the Almighty as to the personality and the reason and the purpose for God, if these people have this light and are being led by the light, yet they do not walk in it. No matter what they say about God and their relationship to God, they're still liars. Now, we of the Church should listen very closely to this accusation, because by virtue of the fact that we are members of the Church, you see, we are claiming to ourselves, to each other, and to the world that we have in some way, by God's grace, received some of the light of his revelation. If we are able to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of man, and this, you know, is what is required to join a church, we therefore are claiming that we have something of that inside information which only God reveals, and he's revealed it unto us. And therefore we say that we are in some of the light that God has given to us by his revelation. Yet, if we are people who through our Bible reading, our attendance at worship, our listening to sermons, our attempts at the throne of grace, no matter how minimal, if we are people who through these disciplines and through these means of grace have received some of God's revelation, yet we refuse to walk in the light of that revelation, we are people who do not do the truth, and we're liars when we say that we have fellowship with God. For example, you see, if through the reading of God's word, and an understanding by the power of his Holy Spirit of the Christian gospel. We are people who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he loves us to tell us and show us of God's love, that God is not one who rewards us according to our iniquities but forgives. If we are one who believes that God can sustain and hold us and will never leave us nor forsake us, and yet, in the light of that truth, when tragedy strikes, we begin to weep and wail and say, Oh God, what have I done? Why are you doing this to me? In spite of that light, you see, we're, we're, we're still walking in darkness. If through the reading of God's holy word and, and through revelation we are convinced with the Apostle Paul that in God's sight there is neither 
Greek nor Jew, male nor female, slave or free, that God is the creator of all nations and that he loves all people, if that is the light that has been given unto us, yet we continue to think with prejudice that one race, one particular sex, one particular nation is just a little bit better in the sight of God. And you see, we've learned absolutely nothing from the light, and we walk in darkness. If, you see, you are an individual who, through the sacraments, and, and through the teachings of the Bible and the tradition of the church, you know that Jesus Christ is capable of forgiving your sin. But through his blood on the cross, you can be washed clean. That you can be forgiven through sincere confession and with a contrite heart. Yet, if this light has been revealed unto you, and yet you still are motivated by guilt to do some of the crazy things all of us do, then the light has shined, but we still walk in the darkness. If some way, by the power of his Holy Spirit, and no one fully understands how he works, but if you are fully convinced that man cannot really live unless he lives by faith, and that faith can move mountains. Yet you do absolutely nothing under the power of God and by his grace to increase your faith. And you still walk in darkness even though the light has come. And anybody who says he has fellowship with God but does not walk in the light, but continues stubbornly to walk in the darkness, either because of tradition or habit or conviction, that man is a liar, and the truth's not in him. Secondly, John says, an individual who refuses to take personal responsibility for sin, that man's a liar. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And no matter how many deceptive ways we try to employ masks and excuses and pretenses, and no, ma no, how, no matter how hard we try to rationalize it, the truth still remains that evil, if not all of it, at least some of it, has come into this world because of your sin and because of my sin. But oh, how we try to escape that personal responsibility. You remember the boy who threw his lackadaisical spirit through his tomfoolery, didn't do very well at school, refused to study, paid little attention, and then one day came that inevitable thing, the report card. And he had to take it home to his father, and he was frightened to death. But he was a creative and ingenious little boy. He, he waited until Dad had had a good dinner. He waited until Dad was down in his best chair, slippers on his feet, a pipe in his mouth, 
His eyes were half closed with sleep. The newspaper was up before his eyes, and then the little boy slipped that dangerous report card onto the lap of his father. And then he waited. He waited for the temperature to rise. He waited for the explosion to erupt. But before the father could say anything, the, very, the little boy said very, very quickly, Father, what do we blame it on, heredity or environment? of people today who blame the evil in their lives upon their heredity, upon the environment, upon the temperament, upon the physical condition, some of us even with far more sincerity and less humor than Flip Wilson, we try to say it's the devil that made me do it. Anything to escape personal responsibility. And any man who cannot say to the world, I have caused some of that trouble. He can't do that. The truth is not in him. Oh, it's very difficult, very painful, like, with the prodigal son to be able to stand and say, Father, I have sinned in your sight and before heaven. And I'm no, no longer worthy to be called thy son. But any person who cannot do that, he's a liar. The truth is not in him, and he deceives only himself. Thirdly, John says, people who claim that they know God, knowing first-hand acquaintanceship, Yet they do not obey his commandments. They don't know. And they're a liar if they say they do. In his day, just like in ours, there were people very anxious to get to know God. And there were groups of people, Gnostics they were called, and some people called them other names, who believed that the way you had a first-hand name-calling relationship with God was through your mind. Study as hard as you can. If they had books then, in whatever form, read them. Feed your mind with as much theology as possible. Get in as many discussions as you can. It doesn't matter how you behave or how you act. Just put your mind to work, and if you work it hard enough, eventually you're going to know as much about God as God knows about himself. We still have these people today who think of God only in terms of theology and only in terms of theory. And then, like today, they had people then who said, No, 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 man, that's not the way you know God. To know him, you've got to experience him. You've got to have some emotional experience or trip. You've got to get with it, get on the right wavelength. So hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they had people who suggested sensuous music, perfumed incense, narcotics and drugs, and go have a trip. And through all sorts of experiences, find God. 
those who said you find him through emotional experience. Things haven't changed much, have they? Neither has the answer of John. He says the way you get to know God, really know him, is the same way the Jew got to know him, the Jewish way, which is closely allied to the Christian way, and that is through obedience. That's the way. There's no other way but to trust and obey. Like C.H. Dodd has said, to know God, you must experience the love in his son Jesus Christ and return that love with obedience. John said to the people of the third, first century, and he says it through this preacher and through his word to the people of the 20th century, if you want to know God, there's only one way, only one way, and that is to obey his commandments. And unless you obey his commandments to the best of your ability, and every day you're trying to imitate the life of Jesus Christ, to live in the world today as he lived in the flesh in the world in his day, if you do not do this, no matter how, Great of a relationship you claim you have with God, you're nothing more than a liar. There's no other way. The way you know him is through commandments. And the way you have a relationship with Christ, on a first-name basis, the intimacy and communication with the Lord is by trying to imitate the life of the Lord. It was Jesus himself, you know, who said there in the seventh chapter of Matthew's Gospel, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's the one who not only knows my will, but does the will of my Father in heaven. And he ends up that passage by saying that those who come unto me, you know, and who have not done my will, in that day I will have to say, the day of judgment. I never knew you. A man who says that he knows God, but does not obey God's commandments, he's a liar, as is the man who says that he loves God, and yet still hates his fellow man. It's the contention of John and it's the contention of all New Testament writers. It's been the contention of the church for 2,000 years that the passion of the love of God and hate for brother cannot in any possible way reside in the same human being. You cannot possess both passions. It's either one or the other. You either have in you the love of God, or you have hate for your brother. You can't have both. And the man who says that he loves God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. And John bases this conclusion upon the fact that God is love. And we love because he first loved us. And it means that if we do not love our brother, then we really don't understand the love that he has for us, and we cannot respond lovingly to him. 
as he says later on in his fourth chapter, if a man says, I love God, and yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For a man who cannot love his brother whom he can see cannot possibly love God whom he has not seen. I'm glad that's over with. It's been tough for me. I felt guilty every time I read these, every time I was thinking about this in relationship to my life. And I'm sure like many of you right this moment, we are asking, you know, John, what are you trying to do to us? <laughs> Why point up all these weaknesses? Why stress the fact that maybe some of us aren't walking in the light as we ought to. We're, we're not confessing the fact that we are sinners. Maybe we're not obeying as we should and we're not loving as we should. But why be so articulately rough on us by calling us liars? What is it, John? Is there some sadistic pleasure you get out of making fun of us and sh pointing up our shortcomings? John, are you trying to get us to give up the faith? Is that what you want? Remember, we're only human. John had a reason for writing this, and I hope I'm not too far off target when I say that he wrote this not because he hated us, but because he loves us. He's the one you know that wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now the man who penned those words, in penning the words that call us liars, he's doing this not to try to hurt us, but to try and save us. For I'm sure John knows that in his day, and though he didn't know he was writing for our day, it's true also in our time, that there are always those periods, those influences, those ideas that creep into the Christian religion and almost become a part of the Christian religion, and sometimes they do, and they're not Christian ideas. And the only way that we can scrutinize and see what is right and what is wrong is by every once in a while asking ourselves some very embarrassing questions to see whether or not our practice is consistent with the traditional orthodox teachings of the Christ. And unless we are willing to do that, it's very possible in this great age in which we are living to have influences which are not of Christ creep into our Christianity and fool us and have us, though we are claiming to walk in the light, actually to be walking in the darkness. John, you see, is not addressing any one particular person, and he does not label that particular title of liar on any specific person, but in effect he is saying to Christians of all ages, if the shoe fits, wear it. So on this day we are preaching these various strong words which come not from the preacher's mind but rather from the pen of the Apostle John. And we are saying, examine your faith. In the light of your actions, 
And please be sure that God, who is the giver of light, and Christ, who said, I am the light of the world, he that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That we who claim we are the children of God, the light of the world, let us be sure, with this particular accusation which comes from John, examine our actions and see if our actions in the light of God, the world, and yes, the Apostle John would have them saying, you are a son of light, or you are a religious prevaricator. John, what would you call me? Amen. Father of all mercy, Lord of all light, be with us as children of the light who have a tendency to time to stumble over the pitfalls and to walk into darkness. Lord, as thou dost give us the light, give us the courage, the insight, and the ability to walk in that light. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all, you who are the light of the world. Amen.